1: Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Comerado. Like I always say, great relationships begin with quilting. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that before, actually, in my whole life. But but I don't know. Today I could change my mind. Great relationships begin within, and they may include quilting, as our beautiful guest today. Ruth Banner is going to be joining us this hour, talking about her new book, Making a World of Difference, One Quilt at a time. I can think of lots of associations between relationships and quilts. Can you let your mind wander off for a moment as you contemplate your breath? We want to get into our bodies so we can be present, so we can receive the presence Bruce Banner has to offer us this hour. This is the first part of our practice, and we do it together here on Marianne Live. If you're just joining us for the first time, if you're back you know the drill? Breathe. Oh, yeah. The gift of your own attention. Feeling your breath. Finding it in your body. Noticing. Oh, there it is. It's in my belly today. Where is it in your body? Could be somewhere in your chest. Sometimes my breast is not available to me in my awareness. And my shoulders are up around my earlobes. And, oh, right? Just take a moment find your breath, notice what it's like, and you don't have to do anything about it. That's what's really great. We're just noticing. You may want to deepen your breath and ground yourself, or maybe you're having some fun. Maybe you just got some coffee or tea, and you're kind of jazzed up, and you're kind of breathing heavy, and you love quilting and relationships, and you're super excited. And Yeah, wherever you find yourself, we're glad you're here. We're going to find our portal of gratitude together, second part of our practice here, before we uh, join our guest, Ruth Danner, who's with us this hour today, Um, yeah, what you grateful for. I like to say, who made it possible for you to do some of the things you're doing right now? That's where I start, because it's not easy to get grateful sometimes. Sometimes we're dealing with some really difficult things in life, and it eclipses it seems our ability to find you know, gratitude, and so when we slow down and breathe, that's one way to get there. And the other is, boy, i got lots to be grateful for. I'm on the right side of the ground, even though you might not think so every moment. There are some other reasons you're here that you might not be aware of. Maybe your gift is being cultivated and getting ready to bring out into the world. Maybe you're already doing the thing, and you know exactly what we're talking about, and you're already going down your list of gratitude, and you're going into your, into your tummy and thinking of the thousands of people that were involved in helping your breakfast materialize.
2: right?
1: All the people in the Central Valley in California, that where we are, who bring us our fresh produce and the plates that were made, the table that was crafted that maybe you ate on, et cetera, et cetera. To find your list, we're going to go down ours real quick. Uh, the first of which is our global honorary sponsor, OneWorldChildrenFund.org. If you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. They envision a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. Our big heartfelt love goes out to the folks at uh, One world Children's Fund. Uh, On a national level, (coughs) excuse me, is the National Action Organization, NAO, Uh, just committed to changing the way our culture values each other. Oh, yeah. I like to say the way our culture values women is is one of my favorite ways to focus. We need to value the female, the divine. It's in all of us, right? Uh, It's in a very masculine, energy oriented culture. It's how we get stuff done. We don't honor the feminine and all of her wisdom and, you know, without the gender bits, right, because we all got it. We want to we honor that and value that together. Well, the National Action Organization makes this program possible for 10 years. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. You want to get involved? dot org if you're online. Hey, on a, uh, you <laughs> on a local level here in California. We like bookstores, don't we? You know we do on Marian Life because we love books and we love all our authors. Well, books like Ruth Dana's Books you can find in a place called Open the Bookstore in San Rafael, California. They've got the latest in meditation and revelation and quilting and all the stuff that feeds Your Soul. Check them out and check them out online. They have uh, all kinds of um, available author viewings, guest programs, uh, speaking engagements, etc., that's the open superbookstore.com. All right. I'm here. Are you here? Are you breathing? Are you feeling a tinge of gratitude or maybe a swell of it anyway? All right. Well, let's turn our attention towards service. Here's the season. Thanks, Ruth Banner. Service is her life. She is a woman. Our guest today is devoted her life to sitting on the sidelines and not doing nothing making quilts that are going to rock you to the core. You cannot even believe what this lady's got for us us today. And she's put it together in this lovely book filled with stories that circle the globe and uh, in surprising ways that that are really going to blow your mind. Let me tell you a little bit about the book uh, before we introduce Ruth. She says that quilts exemplify precious things, comfort through the warmth they provide community in particular, since they're often created by groups and love, given the time and effort they require, will Ruth Danner piece together 55 true inspirational stories of quilters and quilt enthusiasts, don't you know, who use their skills to help others. Generosity, compassion, and unselfishness characterize these folks as they go about their quiet work, seeking no recognition, only the satisfaction of giving care and comfort to people in need. Whether it's raising money, raising awareness, raising hope, a quilt can accomplish any or all of these. So get inspired and turn something you love to doing into something uh, as a way of showing love. I'm going to read that again. Getting inspired to turn something you love doing into a way of showing love. I love that. I really do. That makes me feel so good. So let me tell you I'm our guest today. Ruth has written extensively for various publications. She's made dozens of quilts for charitable organizations and for individuals in need. And many of her projects have won awards. Her sewing room is in Spokane, Washington, and it overflows with stacks of fabric, bags of scraps, and endless supplies of UFOs, she says, unfinished objects. And she's joining us this hour. We're so glad to have you here, Ruth Tanner. Welcome to the program.
3: Thank you. I am thrilled to be here, Marianne.
1: Uh We're so glad you're here, Bruce. Some of us have uh, no idea about the first thing about a quilt. The rest of us uh, may have varying degrees of experience. One thing I think we all know uh, or have an experience of is when you think of a quilt, you kind of think of something to snuggle in, you know. It's it's this warm, comforting uh, uh, manifestation of somehow being comforted. Tell us a little bit about your experience with quilts and how did you even come to uh, this vocation or this, this beautiful hobby? Rather.
3: Well, sure. It started years ago when I was a child because my mother was a quilter and my grandmother was a quilter. And this probably echoes many other people that you might talk with. And you'll you'll find that many people from the – uh, depression era and before that were quilters, and it's very typical for women to have done quilting back in the early 1900s out of pure necessity. They had to quilt because they had cold houses and they had lots of children and they needed bed covers, and every one of those children snuggled, as you said, under a quilt, and uh, the quilt Spoke to them of home and warmth and love from mother or grandmother, and so somehow it just it it clicked with me. I loved watching my mother work at the sewing machine as well as at her quilting frame. She was a hand quilter and an excellent one, and she set up a big quilting frame in the living room, and it took up three quarters of the living room, but. That was fine. We worked around it. And um, I enjoyed watching her do that. I, I would ask if I could quilt a little, and she'd say, no, not right now, because she knew I wasn't very good. But she <laughs> let me watch, and um, and I watched her technique, and I enjoyed that. And I looked at the colors and how she put them together. And, and then when I got to sleep under a quilt that she had made, it was a wonderful thing. And I it spoke to me as something that that means heritage, and it means comfort, and it means love. So probably many people who have, have experience with mothers and grandmothers during the Depression and earlier can say, oh, yes, I know exactly what that means.
1: So a quilt is a blanket, for those of you who are wondering. Uh, it is a particular way of making a blanket. It's, it's different than crocheting, and it's different than knitting, right, Ruth? Yes. Yeah. Yes it's uh it's more many people will call
3: a quilt a blanket but a quilt specific has three layers. It has a top that's usually pieced, and this is the part that most people see. It might be a diamond, or it might be a star, or a horse, or a flower, or practically anything, and it may have several colors. And then it has a back, which is usually one solid color, but the middle is the batting, and it's some sort of puffy material, and um, you can buy battings in a variety of sizes and shapes and puffiness. And that goes in the middle, and some quilters even call it a sandwich because of the top and the back and then the middle. And then these three layers are quilted together. They might be quilted and sewn by machine or by hand. And either way, they have to be attached to each other so that they will hold together when it's being washed and so on. It it needs to have that attachment. And, um, and that's what defines a quilt, that it has those three layers. So it makes it a little different from a blanket or different from uh, crochet or knitting or any of the other crafts.
1: So when did your mom let you actually touch any of her projects and how long did it take you to uh, develop this craft?
3: Well, to be honest, my mother never let me touch her projects. Um not not in the way that you would think. Of course I could help her do some minor things, but the actual quilting of of the quilts, that was her own her own kingdom and um and she said, No, when you get your own quilts, you make your own quilts, then I'll show you how. And sure enough, um when I was still oh, maybe twelve or thirteen, I started making little doll quilts and for my younger sister and I thought, oh, I can do this, and, and I would do just small doll quilts, and, and from there I made, I started a larger quilt and worked on it in summers, even when I was in college, and I worked and worked on it, and eventually she showed me how to quilt, and I learned that the hand quilting was a very different skill from the uh uh, hand piecing, working the pieces together. But um, it was a hard skill to learn, and it took me several years really to master it. But um, I think I do a pretty good job on it now. But it's
1: all thanks to what my mother showed me years ago. Did you have to join a group, Bruce, or uh, did you learn most of this on your own with your mom's tutelage?
3: I learned most of it on my own because this was back in the 70s, and there weren't very many quilt groups at that time. It wasn't a popular uh, craft. People were into other types of crafts. Macrame, I remember, was a big thing back then, and probably crochet and knitting. But not too many people were quilting, so it was not something that I could find a lot of information on, and I didn't even know if there were any groups around. So the few books that I found helped. Helped a little, but simply trial and error based on what I had learned from Mother was how
1: I learned to quilt. All right. So, what was
3: your first,
1: most proud accomplishment? Your first real baby uh, quilt.
3: Oh, absolutely! I know it immediately, and it was called a postage stamp quilt because every piece was just a small square. Now, they're not as small as literal postage stamps, but when you look at it from back up from the quilt, you can see it looks like just a whole collection of of very colored postage stamps. And uh, that's the one that I started when I was still a youth and uh, worked on. Even after I married and moved away, I continued working on it. And um, then I quilted it by hand on my own frame that my husband had made for me. He didn't know what a quilting frame was. He didn't know anything about quilting, but... He made it according to what I described to him, and I quilted that. It has a lot of mistakes on it. I can look back and say, "Ooh, why did I do that, and how could I have made such a blunder on that? But it doesn't matter. It's still a a wonderful quilt to me, and I have it on a bed right now. I get it out every year and put it on for, oh, a month or two, just because I enjoy looking at it.
1: Well, that reminds me of um, the things we do in life, uh, Alternatively, as a metaphor, talk a little bit about what maybe the metaphor of the quilt is for you.
3: Uh, The metaphor of the quilt is that it's pieced from a variety of fabrics, a variety of colors, sometimes many shapes, many textures, and that's what life is also. Life comes to us (laughs) in a variety of ways. It doesn't all fit exactly the pattern that we had originally planned, um, but we have to take what what we have and take what we are given and use that and p- piece it together in a way that's pleasing to us and that works for the people around us as well secondarily. And I think that's what quilts do. This, this original quilt that I'm talking about was one that I had pieced from so many fabrics Scraps from my my mother's scrap bag, as well as a few new fabrics and some curtains and some um, oh, nightgowns. I mean, you can just think of all the the different things that could have come from from life, and I put them together into a quilt. And that's that's a very beautiful metaphor for life, because who knows uh, where where we all come from and the experiences that we have in our lives can piece together.
1: Well, let's take the next step in in the realm of metaphor. Let's look at relationship. Your husband built you a frame. Uh, you had all this quilting stuff going on. What did he think about that? And, and tell us a little bit about your relationship in the context of this metaphor.
3: Oh, yeah. I think that's a, the, probably it would start with my husband, but it could even start before that with my mother and grandmother, as I've already mentioned. But yeah, with him, he he was not. Uh, Familiar with quilting at all? His family had no quilts; so they they were not interested in that. Um, I grew up on a farm, and it was something that we just had. And so our relationship, I think, developed a little bit because of the quilting and because he was willing to try something new oh he never had heard of a quilting frame and what does it look like and what should it be like and and i had to describe that to him and we had to go to the lumber store ourselves together and and get that and and as we did that we became a little more understanding of each other and where I was coming from with my background and where he came from. He, he's an engineer by nature, and he likes to figure things out, and so he enjoyed doing
1: that. Beautiful. Well, I sort of have um, a personal cosmological map, and it looks like this. The relationship you have with yourself, the relationship you have with others. Then there's the relationship you have with community, which is what your book is all about reaching out from those relationships that are sort of foundational, and it's not a hierarchical map for me. It's a circular, uh, sort of a spiral kind of map, because sometimes you're moving in and out of each of those realms, right? But they, sometimes you're paying more attention and so forth. So this is definitely, um, it could stem from here, but let's, let's move into that domain now. And I, let me read folks a little bit about uh, your book, uh, Making a World of Difference, One Quilt at a Time. Uh, because it, in the book, you present true inspirational stories of quilters and quilt enthusiasts who use their skills to help others. Generosity, compassion, unselfishness, as we talked about at the beginning of the program, characterize these folks as they go out about their quiet work, seeking no recognition, only the satisfaction of giving care and comfort to people in need. And they come from all walks of life. The stories are just incredible, they're delicious. They're they're nourishing. They're uh, comforting. Elderly women in Michigan, preschoolers in Australia, African Americans in Alabama, a blind woman in Texas, uh, some women in Washington uh, who are making quilts for hospice, um, people making uh, quilts for folks in the military, uh, and on and on. The stories are just gorgeous. Tell us. Byron, we'll come back after the break. We'll have you answer that question. Everybody stay tuned. Quilts together that's what we're doing we're we're doing it in a metaphor and we're doing it for real with Bruce Dan right here Marion Marian Life back in just a minute Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
2: .com. Hi,
1: I'm Katie Couric. I've interviewed world
3: leaders, CEOs, and celebrities. But my most important role has been as a mother. I've worked hard to encourage my two girls to believe in themselves. Girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges. So join me as we empower the next
2: generation. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund. Working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com.
0: Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here. It's snuggly being together, and it's extra snuggly when you have a quilt. Does anybody have a quilt? Oh yeah, my son, uh, Nolan. Yeah. I Rarely talk about him on the air. I think he, I think he didn't used to like it, but now I I don't care. He's an <laughs> adult. Anyway, his grandmother used to quilt uh, and made for him a quilt of one of his athletic experiences in high school, and and it's truly a treasure. We'll have it forever. It's deeply meaningful. It's captured not only an experience of uh, one of the things he liked at that time in his life, but it connected him with his grandmother, to his history, to his, you know, his rite of passage of becoming a man, etc., etc. I mean, the metaphor keeps growing here. And if you're just joining us, Ruth Sanders in the house, and she's talking about her new book with us, uh, giving us the foundation for this metaphor, making a world of difference one quilt at a time. and. If you're just joining us, we were talking before the break how Ruth got involved in quilting and it was passed on from her mom and her grandma. And uh, then she developed the skill herself and and set off uh, to make her first quilt, which she talked a little bit with us about. And and, and then we were talking about, Ruth, the the idea of relationship, how these quilts are a metaphor for relationship and and moving from the more personal into now heading towards the, the idea of community. Uh and I asked you a question right before we went to break, if you wouldn't mind. Let's let's start there. What do you think?
3: Oh, absolutely. Quilters are all about community. And I've studied a bit about the history of quilting, and I've learned that women back 100, 200 years ago, they, they didn't know community as we know it today because most of them lived in out in the country, in the woods, out on farms, um, far away from a lot of other folks. But they had their quilting, and they would actually have quilting bees, and most of us have heard of the old quilting bees. They would join, uh, everyone would gather at a certain home on a certain day, and they would stay there all day long. Children would play perhaps outside or under the quilting frame if it was cold, and they would talk. They would not only quilt, but they would talk, and and with each other, they would grow in their relationships together because they came to understand, oh, you're having the same problem with your baby, or, oh, I don't know how to cook this certain food, or how is it that you deal with, you know, the and, and keeping the fire warm at night. Any, any question like that that we don't even necessarily relate to today, but that's what their lives were back then, and they grew in their relationships with each other as they worked on quilts. The quilt was kind of the vehicle. They needed those quilts, but they also desperately needed the relationships with each other. Right.
1: And so just as a, a bridge here, I'm going to, I don't know, something came to mind about Einstein. E equals MC squared. Basically, everything is energy. So this is a bridge. Come with me. Just just venture over the bridge. If everything is energy and you're making these quilts and you're talking about your babies and what you love and this or that, right, what do you think is going into the quilt? Right? Oh, Energy's going in the quilt. What do you yes. think? What do you think? Is that a stretch? I don't know. I pull up things that people have made for me or put them on and... And my body is just different. I feel different. I am different. I move through the world differently knowing and feeling that energy. What do you think about that, Ruth?
3: Oh, I like that thought. I hadn't really considered it quite that way, but I like it. And as you were just saying this, I thought about a couple of weeks ago when I pulled out this quilt that I had described earlier at this hour, uh, the one that I had started making before I was even um, an adult, and I put it on the bed, and as I was stretching it out on the bed, I was thinking, oh, this block, I remember this one, and oh, I remember when I was doing this with my sister, and the blocks almost spoke to me in the sense of, oh, these are these are part of my life, and I like the thought of the energy. It, it almost gave me an adrenaline rush just to look at the quilt. This quilt that's almost 50 years old, you know, to think think about what I have been through with making that quilt and the experiences that I enjoyed back then are still a part of me in a sense, yes. just because of what
1: I saw on that quilt. Well, it's interesting because there's this whole movement of folks talking about the intersubjectivity, intersubjective relationships is where healing happens between you and me, between me and Everything, right? It's it's moving away from that dualism. It's that things aren't just objects. They have their own autonomy in some way. And I love the idea of you being with your quilt and it's affecting your your neural pathways. Your memory is lighting up, and you just we just feel different. It's it's medicine. These quilts are like medicine. Uh, so uh, on that note, Ruth, you, you got an idea. Uh, for writing this book talk a little bit about what inspired you to take these stories or or uh, how did it go let's let's just let you tell us the story how how did you get inspired here
3: well, sure. I'm a member of a large quilt guild here in Spokane, Washington, and I don't know. The membership is around 600 or so. It's quite huge. And we meet once every quarter, that is every three months. And along the way, right after I joined in the year 2000, I started realizing these, uh, there's a, a group within the group that does a lot of charity work, and I started asking some questions, and they would make announcements as we would have our meetings, and they would uh, invite people to donate scraps or donate quilt tops or, or donate services of some sort. And I thought, well, this is interesting. So I got to know some of the people who were involved in that, and over the years got involved in it myself and made several quilts, in many cases quilts that became um, Anonymous. In other words, I don't know where they went. They just went to some local charities and a few quilts that I made specifically for a certain charity in our area or beyond. But um, I got to know the people who were making these and, and found out their stories were marvelous. They were um, people, maybe in one case, a woman who suffered from cancer herself was making quilts for children who were going through chemotherapy. And um, others who, uh, certain woman had had her son had passed away from uh Uh, an accident and so she was making quilts for grieving parents of others who had passed away and so there were these stories and I thought these stories are beautiful they are marvelous snippets of what quilters are like and so I began writing them down and then I expanded and I got online and found a lot of other people there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories around the country and probably around the globe of people who make quilts uh, for for others, and they have this type of a heartfelt desire to help others. Maybe it's an empathetic feeling that they have, knowing what others are feeling, what others are experiencing at a certain time. They want to make a quilt to, uh, to speak to that need, to give the person a hug. In many cases, these quilters say, this quilt is a hug for someone else, and I like that. You were talking about metaphors earlier. That's a good one right there. The quilt is a hug to people who need it.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds like it might have been hard to decide from all those stories. Uh, which ones to pick and choose and what categories? Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, decision-making process?
3: Ah, uh, Yes, I, maybe I can and maybe I can't. Because <laughs> you're right. It was very hard. Um, what happened was I, I interviewed as many people as I could, and I simply stopped when I had about five or 60 stories and I I love every one of the stories I loved there's not one in here that I would say oh, this this one really isn't very good or This one, I, none of them were bad stories every one I thought I can wrap my heart around this story I can wrap my heart around the people who are making the quilt as well as the people who are receiving the quilt so um, uh, my decision making process was simply to stop when I had enough stories for the public and that I could have gone on and on because there are so many wonderful stories out there.
1: Um, before we go forward, let me flop back into history a little bit. What do you know about some of the deeper drives of quilting? Uh, you know, we've talked about the necessity of quilting and so forth. But there's singles who come to mind, uh, people who have used quilting as art uh, for political reasons and so forth. Let's address that when we come back after the break if you know anything about that, Ruth. And then uh, we'll start to hear about some of these personal stories. They're beautiful. They're touching, inspiring, and certainly comforting. Back with Ruth Sanders right after these messages right here on Marian Live. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
2: of seeing everyone around me partnered, but not me. I'm pretty and smart, so why can't I find someone? I'm tired of being the single girl at the party and going home alone. I'm lonely and depressed and feel like there's something wrong with me. That was me venting. Now, I have completely changed my perspective to love and dating after I have discovered the book, Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life. Proven tips successful women use that help them avoid frustration, unhappiness, and the worry they'll be alone forever. Soulmate expert Lori Abella, together with 29 other experts, reveals Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life. This is the book that you've been waiting for to end your singlehood. Order your copy of Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, available at Amazon.com now. And say goodbye to singlehood.
0: Shh, over here. More exhilarating talk, Net.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here. We really are, that you tune in again and again. You want to put only good things in your mind, affecting you, all the way to the core of your soul, including self comforting, self soothing. Quilts come up for me, and Ruth Danner's in the house joining us, talking about her journey personally through quilting and in and out of her relationships and then ultimately to being of service in community and through humanity and and right before the break we had asked you Ruth, uh, let's talk a little bit about history historically, the power of what some of these quilts have actually done in the world. I brought up Faith Ringgold's work and and I'm sure there are many others. Uh, Give us a little historical context here, the potency, the potential of these quilts.
3: Sure. I think Back to what we had mentioned earlier about the women in early America and probably in other parts of the world as well, but I'm more familiar with American history and how they would join in a community of quilters and have a quilting bee together and um, talk about all of their issues. But that then expanded when one of the women in the community would have some big problem, and I mean major thing, like um, the loss of life in the home or the loss of a home to fire. Fire was a big danger for uh, the log cabin uh, dwellers of years ago, and when there would be such an event, such a catastrophic event, flooding or any other sort of thing, the quilters would come together, and not only would they bring food and clothing and so forth, they would also bring a stack of quilts because this this woman who had just experienced this tragedy would need quilts for herself and for her family immediately and um and so quilters would bring this they would bring of them themselves because uh, any quilt that is is made from hand those years ago would have taken oh i a hundred hours, two hundred hours, an awfully long time to make. And so when they brought a stack of quilts, that sounds like such a simple thing today, but it was, it represented a long part of their lives to give these quilts to someone else. But, but they did it because they cared. They did it because their hearts reached out to the woman suffering, to the family suffering. And I think this is typical of quilters. I don't doubt that it's typical of other crafters as well, but my focus is on quilters, and I can just imagine those women from early America. Oh, the neighbor down the street, down the road, on the next farm has had this tragedy. Let's take her some food. Let's take her some clothes. Let's take her some quilts. And this seems to be the heritage that quilters have enjoyed through the years.
1: Beautiful, potent healing, powerful, and, and an unexpected way, one that I have to say I haven't thought of um, too often. And the more I'm hearing about it, the more I'm actually inspired myself not only to know more, but uh, to find out how to get involved, which we're hoping at the end of the hour, you might point us in the direction of how those of us who are interested in becoming crafters in this area, you'll give us some more tips and information. Um, in the meantime, let's, let's turn our attention now to... The stories that you gathered and how you categorize them and 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 in the context of service in the world, right?
3: Sure. Um, I categorized them according to general areas, general things that that um, I could see as common themes. And for example, the first is Working with children, and children many, many times get the rough end of a deal in life, as you may know, and uh, the stories are sad throughout the country of children who have had, um, just have been dealt a, a bad hand and through no fault of their own find themselves in terrible neighborhoods or terrible home situations and so forth. Well, I found that quite a few of the interviews I uh Conducted with these quilters involved helping children, and uh, one of the first ones I discovered was this Linus project, L-I-N-U-S. And many of you who uh, are in the audience who have read Peanuts and Charlie Brown know the little boy Linus in there. He's always carrying this little blanket. And so they named their project after the little boy Linus and because their thought was that every child who has gone through some sort of trauma needs a comfort and needs the comfort of that blanket and that little Linus. He was always carrying it, and that was his comfort, and so these quilters said, let's put this together, and they make quilts. They also make little caps and mittens and a variety of other things to help children who have been through traumatic events. So that's one of the examples, uh, comforting the children. Another category I had was honoring the military, and you uh, briefly mentioned a couple things about the military, and there are a variety of amazing stories about people who have helped our military community in one case it's a woman in upstate new york who makes blankets well quilts for military babies army babies in fact and she finds the um the uh, hospital the Army hospital in various army locations throughout the country and she just sends new quilts and then the hospital distributes them to the newborn army babies and so that's another category I have a category of people who um, work through churches and other faith-based groups and they have a variety of quilting uh, avenues that they can help with there's a category of people who work with with the very end of life and end of life issues. People who are facing the very end of their lives also need the comfort of a quilt. So I have quite a few categories and um, I think it's the book is well organized because if you're interested particularly in one of those categories, you can focus on that and look in the table of contents and find those quilts that would appeal most to your interest. So
1: if you had to look back, uh, what was... Maybe one of the most important charitable associations you've had with regards to your own quilting.
3: Oh, one of the most important, I'm glad you're not asking the most important because I can't say the, but sure, I can say one of the most important. child of yours do you like? That's that's right, no, I I can't answer that question, but um, I can give you a couple, but but I can tell you one for sure, and that is an organization called Lutheran World Relief, and they are I think uh, affiliated with the Lutheran Church, but not exclusively Lutherans. It's people of all stripes who simply work to make quilts. But overall, the Lutheran World Relief does work around the world, and um, they do much more than just quilts. They do clean water projects and health initiatives and a variety of, of um things that will help particularly women and children in poverty-ridden areas. But one of the things they do is simply to make quilts, and they make very basic quilts. Nothing artistic, nothing super fancy, but just utility quilts. And I'm a part of one. I'm not a member of this Lutheran church, but they allow me to go in and just sit with them and work on quilts with them. And um, they meet twice a month. And they are a delightful group of men and women who make these simple quilts. And it doesn't even take a lot of skill to do this. Even if you don't have any sewing experience, you can go in and you can be the person who cuts the, the quilt pieces, or you can be the person who chooses the colors and lays out uh, the color combination and there is a variety of skills for almost anyone once or twice a year they ship them all off to Baltimore, and you could be the person who um, puts them packs them in the boxes and and takes them to the post office so Uh, I found that there are a lot of little things that folks can do, whether they are quilters or not, and the Lutheran World Relief is just one. There are several others, and and I don't want to just say that that's the only one because there are many others, and if we have time, I can talk about six or 20 of them, But, uh, but that's one that stands out in my mind.
1: Now, thank you. For folks who want to take a look at your work... Uh, they can go to RuthDanner.com for more yes, information. Yes, that's my website. Mm-hmm. Right, R-U-T-H-D-A-N-N-E-R for, for more information, for some visuals. Uh, we're going to go to break here pretty soon. We come back. I'd love for you to tell us a story or two uh, of your favorite stories, maybe one of which might not even be in the book, one where you gave somebody a quilt. At point in life, they came back to you unexpectedly, Right, because you never gave any of these without expecting anything. And uh, what surprised you most about the feedback that you got? And uh, yeah, we're we're going to be back right after these messages. Everybody, sit tight, snuggle up. We'll be back in just a minute with Rosanna right here on Marion Live.
2: of seeing everyone around me partnered, but not me. I'm pretty and smart, so why can't I find someone? I'm tired of being the single girl at the party and going home alone. I'm lonely and depressed and feel like there's something wrong with me. That was me venting. Now, I have completely changed my perspective to love and dating after I have discovered the book, Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, proven tips successful women use that help them avoid frustration, unhappiness, and the worry they'll be alone forever. Soulmate expert Lori Abella, together with 29 other experts, reveals sexy secrets to a juicy love life. This is the book that you've been waiting for to end your singlehood. Order your copy of Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, available at Amazon.com now. And say goodbye to singlehood.
0: MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where. Relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at marianlive.com. Find out about CORE Certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships, www.MarianneLive.com, CORE Certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. Net The Positive Radio Network.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here with us, Ruth Sanders in the house, making a world of difference, one quilt at a time. Ruth, I asked you before the break uh, to tell us a couple stories, one of which uh, somebody you made a quilt for or someplace, and... Uh, And you got some unexpected feedback. Tell us that story.
3: Sure. I was involved with a group of women who make quilts for children who have, who are going through chemotherapy here in our community in Spokane, Washington. And I didn't know much about it, but when I was asked to do it, I said, sure, I can, I can do that. So we had a program where we get an assignment and a certain child requests a certain quilt. So these are custom-made quilts according to what the child wants, not just any kind of quilt. But this child was a 10-year-old boy, and he wanted a certain certain football team, professional team logo, and that team's colors. And he also wanted Garfield fabric, the cartoon Garfield, on the back. Well, it turns out that the team he supported wasn't anywhere near Spokane. I can't remember now. It might have been Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or somewhere on the East Coast. And uh, we didn't have any fabric like that around, so I had to order it online. And the Garfield fabric was very difficult to find. I also had to order that online and then make the quilt and have it quilted. I had it machine quilted, not hand done, so that it would be very sturdy and rugged and he could put, you know, his family could put it in the washer whenever they needed to. So I made the quilt, had it all done in one month, uh, including every part of it, and I sent it to the woman who coordinates the program, and she took it. I never met the child, but she took it, and it was done. And I was just happy to have it done, and, and that was the end of the story. But it wasn't the end of the story because about two weeks later I got a letter in the mail. And um, this someone in the family had taken a picture of this little boy. He was in a hospital bed. He was hooked up to his IVs, and he had my quilt on him. And I, I was so touched by that story, so touched. And he wrote in his own little handwriting just a couple of little sentences, Thank me for that quilt. And I'll tell you, that grabbed my heart. I was not expecting any thank you ever from him, from anyone. I just did it because I wanted to. And for him to thank me personally and send a picture, I treasure that picture. What a beautiful, moving story. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, You have one of your favorites in the book. Um, Why don't you share that with us as we come up to the top of the hour? Okay.
3: Well, I I have several favorites, as I mentioned already, but one is one that most people don't realize that involves what we call a crisis nursery. Here in Spokane and all over the country, there are crisis nurseries, and many people don't know about them. But I'll just give you a couple of examples of, of clients for a crisis nursery so you can see what they might be like. For example, in the book I wrote, Dad's Patience is Wearing His wife's in the hospital after surgery, and he's caring for twin sons less than a year old. Changing diapers, warming formula, getting up at all hours, squeezing in hospital visits, all have taken a toll on his mental and emotional well-being. When will he have time to get a haircut and follow up on those job applications he's been submitting? And that's one example. And others could be children who are in a home almost on the verge of abusive. Not quite there, but almost. Where do these children go for help? Well, the parents have to go for help, and they go to a crisis nursery. Drop off their children for a couple of days, not a lengthy time, but a few days, and give the parents time to regroup. And maybe, like the father, go do that job interview, go get a haircut, go visit his wife in the hospital. Maybe the mom needs to have some drug rehab and get get started on that program. All of those things take the child to the crisis nursery before the actual crisis starts. And this crisis nursery in our city, Spokane, uses a lot of quilts, and I have made several quilts for the Crisis Nursery. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place to to know that your quilts are going to children who really need them.
1: Beautiful stories. Your book is filled with them. Along with tips, by the way, uh, you can pick up a copy of Ruth's book, the fine books are sold. Go to ruthdanner.com for more information, R-U-T-H-D-A-N-N-E-R. Ruth, we're coming up to the final moments here. What do you want to leave folks with? How, how do you hope that this book will, will uh, give them something to take with them, aside from all the stories? Sure.
3: I want people to read the book and put it down and say, I'm going to do something. I'm not just going to say, Woo, that was a nice book. Thank you for writing it. Put it away and be done. No, I want them to go out and do something. And maybe they're quilters and they could immediately go and make a quilt. Walk into your quilt office, your quilt room, and, and make a baby quilt. You can do that today and tomorrow and be done with it. And do another one next week if you want to. But if you're not a quilter, you can still get involved. There are a lot of charitable organizations that need. Um, just a donation of fabric or they need a donation of money or they need someone to be uh, wheels you can drive an elderly quilter to a quilt meeting and uh, you can help volunteer in that way there are varieties of things that can be done whether you're a quilter or not and that's what I hope people will take away from this book I hope that they have underlined some things or or turned down the corner of a page and said that's a charity that I want to be a part of, that's something I can be involved in, and I want them to get busy and do it. Don't just think about it, but actually do it, and I think it's a delightful thing for quilters and non-quilters alike to realize there are so many ways they can help in this world.
1: You're a gem, you're a beautiful soul, and uh, we're all lucky to have you on the planet. Thank you. We hope you come back sometime soon and visit us here at Miami and Live, uh, and we wish you every blessing and great success uh, with your book. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate this time. And you bet. Making a world of difference. One quote at a time, Ruth Danner. Thanks again for being with us, everybody. We're going to break. In the meantime, go to ruthdanner.com for more information. tonight. We'll be back for our wrap. Right here on Mary Live. I'm everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Renault. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that forty four percent of the US population is single and over fifty percent end in
3: divorce yet?
1: Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
0: To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 1-877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
2: Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff?
1: on Marianne Live. We're so glad to have her here. Big hugs, for Thanks for joining us today. Next week, coming up back in the house on Marianne Live, Dr. Bernie Siegel. Love, animals, and miracles all in the same place. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Dr. Bernie Siegel is uh, somebody to love, somebody to admire. We, we've got to read his new book together. We're going to do it right here, same time, same place on Marianne Live. 10 a.m. Pacific time, or go to our website. We're about to launch the new one, don't you know? Because I keep asking for it. We keep bringing it to you. Info at MarionLive.com for more information. And uh, yeah, keep coming towards us in relationship uh, as we help you attract, create, and uh, sustain healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships. Well, Last part of your practice go do something for somebody else and don't let them know you did it. Like making a quilt. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. We wish you every blessing. Until next time, be well.